Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie. Welcome, everybody, to House Calls on Voice America. This is Dr. Connie Mariano, and I welcome you to our March podcast. This month, we're going to honor the heart. It's all about being heart smart. But before I begin, let me start off with my honorable mentions for the month of March. People who are close to my heart who are having birthdays in March are my son, Jason Stevens, who celebrated his 34th birthday this month. I reminded Jason that he is half my age. I was 34 when I gave birth to him. And uh, it's, it's quite interesting to look at the numbers. So I'm double his age. And he and his wife are expecting their first child, which who will be born in June. So do the math on that. So uh, how old I'll be when my little grandson's my age, or his age again. So happy birthday, Jason. My friend Dr. Julian A. had a birthday yesterday on the Ides of March. Happy birthday, Julie. Reiner Zim, who is an old family friend in Canada, had a birthday. Dr. Stuart Fowler also celebrated a birthday. And a good friend, Kay McGann, who is a family member, uh, happy birthday to Kay. So I was reflecting on the month of March, and I know St. Patty's Day is coming up, and, and uh, happy St. Patty's Day to all of you out there, and best of luck. But I also thought, where were we three years ago today? Do you remember where you were three years ago today when the announcement came out that this virus was impacting our life? And it definitely did. We got the word that everybody had to stay home. Um, we had to shut down work. Everybody had to go home. You had to, uh, businesses shut down. You couldn't go outside. Uh, you couldn't fly. If you, I mean, you had to mask. The whole, everything changed. It was as though there was a pause button that was hit. How did you do? Did you stay at home? Did you listen to that? Who was with you? How did you get through that time? And it's all about how you survive a difficult time. And, you know, what are the lessons that we learn? And nowadays, you know, scientists are going over, what did we learn? How could we do things better? You know, who were the doctors? And as doctors, we look at, what could I have done differently, right? I mean, we can only go by what word is coming out from the CDC, the FDA, the government. Do we trust those people? You hope so, right? You hope you trust the people that talk to us. You know, but then with social media, there's a lot of people who disagree. You get back and forth and you have to rely. Who do you trust? You go to your personal doctor. What do they say? What do you believe? How do I get better? How do I protect myself? So this is a time of uncertainty and even sorting out how do I take care of myself and who do you turn to? So I always say solve the problem, number one. What did we do that was important? We protected the vulnerable. Who died from this virus? The elderly, those who are immunosuppressed, those in nursing homes had the highest death rate, people hospitalized, people who are on immunosuppressive meds for transplants. So number one, you protect them and everybody else. You, you stratify risk. There was masking. Uh, they got the vaccine out there through Operation Warp Speak. But what do we learn? And so that's people are analyzing now, what do we learn from all that? How could we do it better? How, but then I look at... <laughs> What did we learn, not only from that, but how do we adjust? How do we change as a society? And we see a lot of fallout from that, from high, higher suicide rates, higher depression and anxiety, 
higher alcohol rates, and people suffering more. Who do you trust? And so we're picking up the pieces now, and we're going on to normal. But what does the new normal look like? And as a physician who took time off during that big pause during COVID, I really didn't take time off. I just didn't go to the office because I didn't have to see patients. But I continued to connect with patients via email and Zoom and calls. You go on and realize, okay, let me start seeing patients again after COVID. You focus on how do we treat everybody else? I was very fortunate among my patients. Nobody died from COVID. Nobody was ventilated. Over close to 75% of them got COVID. With or without the vaccine, they still got COVID, but they survived. And now we look at, well, what do we do next? And what I'm seeing now in my practice, what do people die from? They die from heart disease. They die from cancer. That's what they're dying from. And so we go back to what I call the heart of the matter, what do most Americans die from now? And it isn't COVID. It's heart disease is the leading cause of death of men and women and people of most racial and ethnic groups in this country. The statistics show that one person dies every 34 seconds in the United States from cardiovascular disease. And about 697,000 people in the U.S. died from heart disease in 2020. That's one in every five deaths was due to coronary disease. So the heart of the matter is important because... You might have survived COVID, that's good, but everyone who out there who has a heart, this should take heart. This is an important podcast because it's about saving your heart and, and extending your life and prolonging your life so you can live a long, vibrant life. In the end, is it, it's heart health. I mean, you need a heart to perfuse your brain so you can make decisions and live a normal life, right? Everyone needs a heart. So I brought to the studio today somebody who is an expert on heart disease and and how to prevent heart disease, and if you have it, how to live a long life uh, controlling the risk factors. And that is Dr. Robert Todd Hurst, Dr. Todd Hurst. I've known since my days at Mayo Clinic, and he's had an amazing career. He's an MD. He's a, a fellow of the American College of Cardiology. He's a board-certified preventive cardiologist, and he'll tell you about that. And he's a founder of a company, his own company, his practice called HealthSpan MD. And it's this practice where he helps people achieve their health and longevity goals using a comprehensive and connected approach combining medical ex expertise with lifestyle change. So this really works. How are you going to have change happen? You need a team of people to work with you. Uh, Dr. Todd is originally from New Mexico. He completed internal medicine residency and cardiovascular fellowship at the Mayo Clinic Arizona where I met him. He spent 12 years as a consultant cardiovascular disease at the Mayo Clinic Arizona and he was an associate professor of medicine at the Mayo School of Medicine. Uh, he was the founding director of the Heart Health and Performance Program and the Carla J. and Russell P. Payonessa, Payonessa Chair Wellness, Health, and Education Program. He then spent two years as the associate physician executive director at Banner Heart Institute in Phoenix. And he was also an associate professor of medicine at University of Arizona Banner University Medical Center in Phoenix. So. He has well-published 50 publications in peer-reviewed journals. He's authored the WebMD Heart Health blog. He has over 100 presentations at medical educational conferences, and he regularly speaks on the prevention of heart disease. So we have truly an expert in heart disease here. Todd, welcome to our show. Well, thank you. It's a real honor to be here. Does it surprise you about heart disease in our country? I mean, this, I mean, the increase in heart disease that we're seeing? 
Yeah, you know, it, it, it is a striking thing. I, as you noted, it is the number one cause of death in the United States. But maybe even more striking to me is the impact of uh, heart disease on our health in general. Like, even if you don't die from that, a uh, publication in JAMA a few years ago said that 60% of us are going to have either a heart attack, stroke, or heart failure in our lifetime. So it's not much of an exaggeration if you're with two other people in the room that two of the three of you are going to be struck with heart disease in your lifetime. And as we'll talk about, for something that is you know, highly preventable, this is a striking thing. That is. I mean, every single one of you think of heart health, what's going to happen to them. So your whole practice is, is geared towards that. You're trained, board certified as a cardiologist, but you don't do angiograms anymore because we always think, oh, the angiogram, the cardiologist did a stint. You're not into procedures at all, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'd like to say what, when I first started in my fellowship, like all good cardiologists, I wanted to put stents in people. And, and it was an incredibly gratifying thing when somebody comes in with acute heart attack and you open that artery and save their lives. There's just not many times an interest internal medicine where we fix people, uh, as you know. Uh, but, but along the lines, I came across uh, research that, about Life Simple 7. This is something American Heart Association uh, deemed these seven factors that are most impactful in, in heart disease. And, you know, it's blood pressure and cholesterol and blood sugar and, and body weight, and then nutrition, physical activity, and smoking. And that if People could get six or seven of those right. They had 90% less heart attacks, uh, strokes, and heart failure. That was just such a striking thing to me. And, you know, around the time that I I, uh, read that article, a, a patient came into the emergency room at Mayo Clinic. He was early 50s, in the middle of a heart attack. And, you know, it, it was a, a very challenging situation he uh we got him to the cath lab right away like this you know amazing process that takes care of people when they're having a heart attack and and usually we save people right like it was uh that was kind of our expectation uh this young man though uh, despite the you know amazing efforts of this team that came together i mean three hours we worked on him he was shocked 27 times during the the procedure and in the end he just didn't make it and i uh, you know afterwards went to to talk to his family and it was his three children and his wife and his mother and i just i, I realized there this is this was preventable like this this yeah. this man yeah. you know as i got to talk to the family i realized he had he had he had not paid attention to his health because he was taking care of his family. He was doing what he thought was the right thing. And, you know, after that, I just, I, I, I just kept, I couldn't see how much unnecessary suffering was happening, uh, that without saying, you know what, I need to, I want to do something about this. You know, and that's a good point. Uh, I remember, do you remember it was a, a cardiologist in San Diego named Mimi Guarneri and she did a lot of alternative medicine <clears throat> prior to doing going into a preventive cardiology and she the way she likened it you know it's like you're downstream and you're saving people who have drowned Mm. you want to go upstream to see who's throwing them in the river (laughs) so you're trying to make that intervention absolutely so that you're not having to cath people anymore right right Right. i I still remember when my dad had his stent he was telling me exertional chest pain and they angiogrammed him san diego it's like 28 years ago and um I went to go see him in the hospital, and he 
says, well, they opened up my artery. Does that mean I can eat anything now? <laughs> now that it's open, you're like, no, Dad. Right. You've got to have lifestyle changes. And right. it's really what you do. I, do you get the sense it's because it's not new and glamorous anymore? Because people are always jumping on the newest, hottest thing, right? We talked about Ozempic and how people were, it was all the rage. I need to get Ozempic so I can lose weight. And people struggling that whatever's the newest, hottest thing, because when you start telling them, when I do it, it's like, wait, you know, got to watch your weight, make sure you don't have diabetes, control that, your glucose, your hypertension, don't smoke, and all that. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that, but they don't do that. So I guess the beauty of what you do is you and your team work closely to, to make that happen. Um, I, I, we want to explore that in the next part of our, our segment here, because I think when people listen to this, they're like, okay, we're going to talk about all this, but... It's got to hit home. The number is sixty percent of people will die from heart disease. That's that's huge. Yeah, that's yeah. a huge number. You yeah. know, we were also worried about COVID, and okay, obviously that you know you know a million people have died from that, but right now you know everyone will die of something. But commonly in this country, it's your heart. You know, if you can't do something now to at least prolong it, because I have patients with chronic congestive heart failure, it's a miserable quality of life. Mm-hmm. They're miserable, and they're always suffering. They're always short of breath. So we're going to take a little pause. We'll catch our breath, and then we'll come back on house calls with Dr. Connie and Dr. Todd Hurst. And we're going to talk all about what you can do to be good to your heart. And Dr. Todd Hurst is our special guest. So stay tuned for more on house calls. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, Visit applyeveryday.com. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back to House Calls on the Heart of the Matter. And be good to your heart. You only got one heart, guys. So we're talking here today with Dr. Robert Todd Hurst, who is a preventative cardiologist with his own private practice here in Scottsdale. How do people get hold of you, Dr. Hurst? Well, just going to my website, healthspanmd.com. Uh, you, we're, we have a, you can contact us through the website. Uh, call our phone number, 480-847-2575. Uh, we uh, are specialists in preventing heart disease. So, you know, people that have high blood pressure, high cholesterol, unhealthy weight, or um, uh, insulin resistance, prediabetes, or the consequences. So heart disease, fatty liver, AFib. Uh, those are our ideal patients. What commonly do you get referrals for? Is it high cholesterol or obesity or somebody, do they come to you right after they've had a heart attack? I mean, 
It's a yeah, little too late. You know, that's, it's one of the um, challenges in prevention is that oftentimes prevention flies under the radar, not just from a systemic standpoint, but from a personal standpoint, because we all have bigger problems, right? Like it's it's uh, the, it sounds good. Oh, yeah, I want to prevent heart disease. But when you have to get the kids to school and pay the bills and things, it can mm-hmm. take a back seat. I think the, the people that are best for my practice that, that uh, get the most value out of that are people that have had a, a health scare of some sort. So, you know, if they've been diagnosed with high blood pressure or prediabetes or they had a heart attack or somebody close to them has had uh, one of those health consequences, those are the people that uh, are saying, okay, I, I I can see the writing on the wall. That's not where I want to be heading to. And I'm looking for, you know, a partner in this to, to help me avoid those consequences. So if I send you a 45-year-old Caucasian male CEO who's overweight, who stopped smoking about five years ago, pre-diabetic, high cholesterol, what would you, and doesn't exercise. How do you all approach somebody like that? Yeah, so first it's getting clear on what they want to accomplish. You know, and, and oftentimes, uh, you know, what I, I learned over time was I, I, I started this off with, well, I'm going to tell that person that they, you know, if they don't start checking these boxes, they're going to die. And then they wouldn't change. And I'd be frustrated because I'm like, well, I told them if they if they didn't change, they were going to die. What more can I do? Uh, but along the lines, I realized that uh, what, what, what I was interpreting as a resistance was often lack of clarity. And so now I start with, okay, what do you want to accomplish? And then we work from there. And you know, I, I, another story I tell uh, almost every patient that I see is that I give them the analogy. I call them the th- I call this the Thelma and Louise analogy. Is that we're imagine you know life? We're in a car and we're headed to the cliff, right? And that cliff, uh, there, there's things that we can't change. We don't know where the cliff is exactly, and we also can't. You know, we, we're going to keep moving towards that cliff. We don't have control over those things, but what we do have control over is the accelerator and the brake on this, and. So we get to decide how much we're pressing on that accelerator. You know, if people are choosing to smoke, uh, drink to excess, not exercise, they're jamming on that accelerator. Or do they want to start, you know, uh, stepping on that brake some? They do have that control. And and oftentimes getting that clarity and giving those people that that opportunity, they can say, you know what, I I do have long-term goals. I have children. I have, you know, and getting getting clear on what their why is they can start saying, okay, now I, I need to prioritize this. Do you have people who just say, I come in and they have a family history of heart disease, like their dad died at 40? Absolutely. Like what, what, one of my favorite people to see in that, because oftentimes, one, they're motivated, right? Yeah. They've seen the consequences firsthand. Uh, number two, it's, it's incredibly exciting for me because we know we can prevent 90 plus percent of heart disease if we can get to those people at an early enough time. So when I see somebody either with a family history of early heart disease or a high calcium score is another common uh, scenario, uh, then I, I can give those people hope. I can uh, let them know that, you know, it's it's not inevitable. The, the, that Those consequences that occurred to that afflicted family member or what they're imagining, those are not inevitable. We do have opportunities to to change. So what do you do for screening? Like for ages, when's the best time to screen for coronary CT or do you do carotid IMTs, which is in the middle media thickening? What do you like to use for 
gauging stratifying people's risks. Yeah, so so the the guidelines tell us that we should uh, use risk algorithms to assess risk, and those are good in populations. Uh, you know, if you have a million people and you know all their cholesterol and blood pressure and things, that's really helpful. Uh, in individuals, it's limited though because it's uh, you know they they it doesn't take into account all the factors and their genetic uniqueness and their environmental exposures and all the things that we know are important in this. Um, you know, so the the guidelines tell us that we should start screening people at age 20. Um, if if there's a family history of like familial hypercholesterolemia, even checking cholesterol in younger kids is important. Uh, but identifying those risk factors in the 20s, most of the treatments are going to be lifestyle recommended, not medication recommended. When do I consider uh, doing imaging studies for risk identification? The two studies that are most commonly used are CT calcium scores or carotid ultrasound. For me, that that's when there's some question of whether a statin medication is indicated or not. So the reason why is not because cholesterol is the be-all end-all in artery disease, but of all the risk factors that we know of for, for heart disease that we can impact, uh, I don't need to know anything about you to, to say what's going to be best for you. For example, if you say, okay, should I smoke? Well, no. Uh, should I eat healthy? Yes. Should I exercise? Yes. But if, you're ask, if your question is, okay, is my cholesterol where it should be? I need to know your risk to answer that. You know, for example, a, a cholesterol that's, say, average, let's say an LDL cholesterol of 130, which is average in the United States, is that a good cholesterol? Well, if you're 20 years old and you don't have any risk factors, we're not worried about an LDL of 130. But if you had a heart attack last week, that's a, that's wildly unacceptable We because we know lowering that LDL cholesterol is going to change risk. How low do you want to go for LDL? You know, it depends, again, on the risk. If they're the highest risk patients, the latest guidelines are suggesting an LDL goal less than 55. And that is that stemmed from newer medications we have. Uh, this, they're called PCSK9 antibodies uh, that they commonly achieve LDLs less than 30, and they improve outcomes. They lower the risk of heart attacks, and there's even a mortality benefit with us. Can you ever get cholesterol too low? and Would it hurt you? Yeah, really, really common question that I get from my patients, and I know it, 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 it makes sense, right? There's this, uh, well, cholesterol is important in your body, and of course that it is, but what's under-recognized in this is that every cell in your body can make cholesterol, and number two, every cell membrane in your body is made of cholesterol. So what's in our bloodstream is just a tiny fraction of what's in our total body cholesterol. As, as much as it makes some sense to be concerned about this, uh, the, the, you know, we have, we have data on cholesterol-lowering medications since the 1980s now. We've never been able to demonstrate that there is a too low of cholesterol. So I, you know, again, I, I don't want somebody who has no risk for heart disease or very low risk. I don't, I don't think they need a LDL cholesterol less than 30, but if you've already have established heart disease, the most likely thing that's going to prevent you from living the life you want to live is heart disease. We should be all in on, on lowering that. And an LDL that's quite low is a big part of that. That's important. Do you look at, um, C-reactive protein or any other markers or 
L, you know, lipoprotein A. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, all of those factors are are of interest. Uh, you know, C-reactive protein is a is a marker of inflammation and artery disease or atherosclerosis, what doctors call it, is an inflammatory condition. Uh, the challenge with C-reactive protein is a couple of things. One, it can be quite variable. Uh, it can be really high because of other reasons that are not related to heart disease risk. Uh, the other thing is we don't really have a therapy therapeutic intervention for that. Uh, There's been a lot of interest in some newer anti-inflammatory medicines, uh, some olders like colchicine. Uh, So far, the benefits have been in those trials have been pretty minimal. And so I don't think we've we've identified a really effective tool for anti-inflammation. Now, lipoprotein little a, I think, is is a a really new uh, and emerging factor that should be tested more than it is. So the European guidelines have recommended checking lipoprotein little a in everybody at least once. Uh, That's not been part of the United States guidelines, but lipoprotein little a is a a cholesterol that has this protein on it, uh, this little a protein uh, that is associated with a higher risk of artery disease, of aortic stenosis, and of blood clots. About 20% of people have an elevated lipoprotein little a, uh, but it's it's variable. It's not like if you have high lipoprotein little a, you're definitely going to get early artery disease. But it's one of those things that we do note that in some by, some young people who come in with heart attacks, we can't figure out why because they don't have any risk factors. We check a lipoprotein little a and it's elevated. And so where I think the role of lipoprotein little a and C-reactive protein and a lot of these risk tools are, do they help us identify somebody that we want to be more aggressive with their prevention before they have that heart attack? And those are the people that I will commonly do CT calcium scores on or carotid ultrasounds on to, to, to say, do you have those early warning signs that tell us we don't want to wait for that heart attack to occur? So how do you intervene? Do you get them started on a special diet? Do you use a Mediterranean diet? Do you put them in statins right away? What do you like to do? Yeah, so my practice is is centered on preventing heart disease. I call the, the, the 10 things that we have the most control over, the health span 10. And in, in, and this is based on the research. I, I mentioned the Life Simple 7 before. And that so that was the foundation of, of what I'm doing is, you know, the, I talk about the first four of the health span 10. It's cholesterol blood sugar, blood pressure, and, and body weight, but more accurately, body composition, right? Like a body weight's not the best measure of our, of our uh, body weight health. Those are objectives. If we can get those four things right, those are the people who are going to live a long time. Not only are they not going to have a high risk for heart disease, they're also going to have a much lower risk for cancer, for stroke, for dementia. I mean, these are the other common uh, causes of death. And then the other six are the tools that are most effective and moving those things. And that's nutrition, physical activity, sleep, stress, avoiding toxins. Toxins, commonly we think about cigarette smoking, of course, and excess alcohol, but toxins these days are everywhere, right? Like toxins can be social media, uh, it could be the news media, it could be screen time. Uh, it just depends on the individual. And then the last one, the 10th one is connection. So that's connection to, to, to so social connection, but also connection to purpose, to contribution. We get those 10 things right. That's the best approach to living a long, vital life. I mean, you've got a great formula. You've got a great team. 
We're going to take a little pause. We'll come back. I want to hear more about your team and how you guys help your patients to to live a long, healthy life. So stay tuned. We're going to take a little break and be back with Dr. Todd Hurst on House Calls. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's one 346 9141 You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back to Be Heart Smart on our podcast today with Dr. Todd Hurst, who is an inter- who is a preventative cardiologist, no longer, well, he intervenes in a different way. He prevents heart disease and he promotes longevity and good health. You're talking about your new practice, how you really have a multidisciplinary approach to the factors that cause heart disease and accelerate heart disease and working one-on-one with your patients. Let's say I send a patient to you. Once again, it's a 45-year-old Caucasian male, overweight, hypertensive, pre-diabetic, high cholesterol. Can you walk me through what your, your practice does with them? Yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, you know, my first approach, I sit down and talk with these patients. I often get an hour or more of time uh, because I, I want to first bring that comprehensive approach. As we talked about, there's 10 factors that we're going to address. We've already asked them in their questionnaire about all of those things. And, and oftentimes people are doing some things really well. You know, maybe their sleep's good or their stress is good uh, or their connection is good. But where are those opportunities for them? Uh, I, I decide, okay, well, what other testing might be valuable here to help me identify your risk or, or you know, if they have symptoms uh, that, that need to be uh, looked at? And then um, if, is there medications that are going to help these people either go faster or save their lives if, uh, you know, a statin medication is, is indicated. But then we talk about, you know, that opportunity for us to partner together to bring that connected part of, uh, of, of, of our program to them. And, you know, th- this came, uh, came from an epiphany I had when I was at Mayo Clinic. I'd started the Heart Health and Performance Program. I, I based it on the Life Simple 7, uh, so everybody was seeing a dietitian, and they were seeing an exercise physiologist, and me, and, and, and it was very exciting. We had really great feedback from our patients, uh, but what I realized and I was disappointed in is that not everybody was getting healthier. You know, like a lot of people weren't getting healthier. Like some people just needed the statin, but most people needed more than that, and that, that was frustrating to me. I had a patient... Uh, a, a you know a CEO of a multi-international company, uh, very successful in every aspect of his life, except for his health is a mess. Like he's just like you described the the patient uh, almost to the T. And I would see him every three to six months, and 
it was like Groundhog Day, right? Like, okay, well, if you'd start exercising and you know eating better and quit drinking so much, uh, you know, we could. We, but otherwise, uh, here's another medicine. Here's another medicine. And at one of my visits or one of our visits, he's like, he says, I, I wish I could see you every couple of weeks. And I was surprised because. I was not really looking forward to our visits anymore because I felt like I wasn't doing any, any, anything positive for him. And then he explained it and he said, you know, after I see you, I'm all in. Like I'm, 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 I know what the issues are. I'm motivated. I want to do them. But a week or two later, life gets busy. I, I have other things and I fall off track. And then next thing I know, here I am in front of you feeling embarrassed about not getting done the things I, I know I want. I want to do these things. Uh, and he's like, there's got to be a program. Like, this is the Mayo Clinic, for goodness sake. Like, why isn't there not a program? And I said, oh, there's lots of programs, right? There's Weight Watchers. You could join a gym, Jenny Craig, like all, all these programs. And he said, yeah, but they're not my doctor. Mm. And it was at that time, I, before that, I didn't take responsibility for those lifestyle things because I, I was like, I'm a cardiologist, right? I take care of sick people. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't deal with nutrition and physical activity. Plus, I didn't learn anything about it in medical school, probably you. like like you. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I remember driving home that night and saying, you know what? This is my opportunity. This is my responsibility. My my chance. If I want the best health for my out for my outcomes for my patients. This is where I can can do this. And so that's when I got interested in behavior change. Like, how can I work collaboratively with people to help them achieve their health goals? And what I've learned over time is there's a science to behavior change. When you can work with people, not talk, you know, the, Dean Ornish has a great saying, people don't resist change, they resist being changed. Mm-hmm. When I quit trying to change people and, and started working with them to get to their goals, it's it's magical and it was very exciting. So, you know, we help people build systems for their nutrition, their physical activity, their sleep, their stress, the toxins, the, the connection. Uh, we we have a team approach. So it's myself. I have dietitian experts. I have physical activity experts. Uh, we all work collaboratively to help that patient do this. The reason that I'm able to open my dream practice now, what changed is I realized I could do this and get it paid for by insurance. So, you know, before it was never, oh, does this work? Everybody agreed this is a really good idea, but it was who's going to pay for it. Mm -hmm. When these new codes for remote care, remote patient monitoring, chronic care management came out, that provides the, the the opportunity for us to serve people the way that, that I know works in helping them achieve their health goals. Do you do your patients reach out to you outside of the office? Do you oh, get email? I mean, how do you absolutely. connect with yeah. you? Yeah. So that's part of these remote uh, billing codes is any time that I or my team spends on their health, we can you know use the uh, insurance to pay for that time. So we get... Uh, up to an hour and, uh, per program. Some people can be on both programs, so we could have up to two hours a time. So, if they have a question, I can, uh, you know, I'm billing for that time. If my health coach is building a nutrition system for them, or it, w- w- the way we we do things, when I say build systems, I should give a little bit more detail. We build our whole program on the OKR system. OKR is the system that Google uses and Intel and Microsoft. And it's basically get clear on an objective. That's the O part of this, where you're going uh, and and the roadmap to that. And then the key results is what are you going to do every day to get there? 
We start people slow. We get, you know, if, whatever it is, their physical activity, their sleep, their stress. Uh, we start them slow, but we have them track their results. We have a platform that helps us with that. It, they, they, they get basically get a text every night at eight o'clock or whatever time they want. They touch the text. It takes them to the link. It takes them 15 seconds to say, do I do it? Did I not? That information goes back to the health coach and to our team so that we can say when they're when they're doing well, hey, that was a win. Let's build on it. When they're not doing well, okay, what do we learn from it? Let's readjust. We keep people moving forward that way. So they get a text like that's what, what do you ask them in their text about? What, we can track anything that we want. So it's our platform. So we can track yes, no. We can track numbers. We can track multiple choice. We can track scales, whatever it is. So really it's a, the, the team working with that individual to say, okay, what makes sense to you? Here's some ideas on what has helped other people. What makes sense to you? So let's just say somebody who's not active at all, they're not doing any physical activity. They say, okay, I realize exercise is something that I, I want to do, but I've always hated it because I join a gym and I get a personal trainer and they work me to death and then I never want to go back, right? Okay, well, how would we get started with this? Would, how about five minutes a day of walking? Would you be willing to do that? Oh, yeah, that's easy. Uh, no problem. Okay, so then their text that day will be, okay, did you do your five minutes of walking today? And yes or no, right? And 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 for some, we find out, you know what? That's not the way to get started. Like They're like, oh, it was cold out and a dog almost bit me or whatever it is. Okay, well, let's look for other alternatives. But that way, we can just get them moving. And then we can go as fast or slow as they need to go to achieve their goals. How long does the program go on for? Indefinitely. So, you know, that's the beauty of this, of the insurance codes is chronic care management. As long as they have those problems, then they're eligible for that insurance payment in the program. My my dream, and, you know, we've been open for six weeks now, so uh, we haven't got to that yet, but... I'm hoping to be able to kick people out because they've, yeah, they they graduate. don't have the problem anymore. Yeah, they yes. graduated, yeah. right? They're, yeah. they're doing better. They're doing fine. What's the hardest among all those factors that contribute to heart disease? What's the hardest one to treat? Which is the hardest? Is it weight loss? Yeah, so it, probably weight loss is the one that's the most challenging because there's so many factors that go into that. And it's such a complex issue. Like, the, you know, the reason that people have too much weight is, is unique to them. And, but it, but I, what I will say is that uh, what, what we're, we're not a weight loss program. Uh, I'd say we're a better health program that has an amazing side effect of weight loss for right. a lot of Lifestyle people. Management. And it's how many people that I've had where I say, well, how are you doing uh, in this? Uh, this was during the COVID when we were kind of, you know, we're all virtual and we're talking to people over Zoom. And I'd say, well, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. You know, I'm feeling good. Okay, well, you know, how's your weight? Uh, I don't know. I haven't been on the scale lately. <laughs> well, go weigh yourself. And they come back and say, you know, I lost 12 pounds and I didn't even realize it. Wow. And and so it, it was, they were at the base of what we're doing, we're helping people develop habits that support their goals. What are habits? They're things that we're not even aware of that we do every day. We help them build those habits, though, that are working for them rather than against them. So for, you know, because my patients always ask, how do I lose weight? They all want it instantly, that Ozempic, 
the injectable. It's like, no, you you need to go through a good process to do this. It's not an instant shot that you do. Right. What have you found in your program that works? Behavior modification? You you know, it's really interesting is that I've learned that although most people will say it's nutrition and physical activity, and those are very common barriers to people losing weight, oftentimes it's something else. I, two big ones are stress and sleep. I, I, I have had that experience where, you know, people felt like their issue was their nutrition, their physical activity, but until we could get their sleep right, they could not lose weight. Once we got their sleep right, everything fell into place. Chronic stress, I think, is the same thing. I mean, I, I believe that, you know, we, we have the science, right? They, they set our hormonal milieu up in a way that it's just impossible to lose uh, fat. Um, so, you know, the, finding out what their individual issue is, I believe those medicines like Ozempic and uh, Terzepatide, which is, is now Monjuro, I guess, is the uh, other medications, I think they have a role in people who are profoundly insulin resistant in getting them some early wins, like getting them off the off off you know go and getting the the results. But as a standalone treatment, I think they're going to lead to disappointment for people. I I, I emphasize to them that these don't come without some cost to them. I mean, I'm really concerned about the loss of muscle mass that has been documented with these medications. So. In my patients that uh, do this, I they they have to agree to work on those uh, those other issues and try to build those habits, or I'm not going to prescribe the medication because I, I, it frightens me to think about these medicines that one they stop them, they regain the weight, right? We already know yeah. that the, the studies have been done, but also what's going to happen to them in the long run, like. Yeah, maybe they do look better. Uh, although, you know, you may have seen the Zempic face stuff that's on social media. I'm not sure it always looks better. But are they healthier or not? My goal is healthier. That That's what I want for my patients. And you also promote longevity, right? Absolutely. I mean- how do you promote longevity? What are the keys to that? You know, it, the, so the HealthSpan 10, that was part of, of you know, my uh, learning about this that, that really got me excited. So first it started with heart disease, right? 90% less heart disease. And then research came out that said, oh, the Life Simple 7, although I, I expanded it and added stress and sleep and, and uh, connection to this, uh, 50% less cancer. 50% less stroke, 40% less dementia. Well, those are the most common causes of death, right? Mm-hmm. And then a, a few years ago, there was a research study that said, if you get those life seven, se, simple seven right, uh, the men, 12 extra years of life, women, 14 year, extra huge. years of that life. That is a huge jump. There's your longevity right there. So I think the best gift I can, birthday gift I can give somebody is a, is a, uh, an appointment to see you well, for I would, longevity. I, I, will take I think that would be a great idea yeah. to write a script for your birthday gift. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, our time's almost up here, Dr. Hurst. I mean, I thank you for being on the show. One last message for everybody out there? Yeah, listening. I think the, the big message I would give is that you likely have a lot more control over your health and your longevity than you may realize. I think a lot of people get stuck on, oh, I have these genetics or I have this past and, and there's not anything that I can do about that. Uh, that is absolutely not true. I think there's a, a way more opportunity than most people realize to, to achieve their health and longevity goals. A great message. So take that to heart. So wishing you all a wonderful month. And thanks again from House Calls with Dr. Connie and Dr. Robert Todd Hurst. Wishing you all a great month. Take care now.
Thank you again for joining us this week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week. We'll be right back.